friends. Um, and that's really what we're wanting to do. You know, in Revelation, uh, it talks about the enemy that tries to overcome the church, but they overcame them, him with, uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, and they didn't love their lives to the point that they wouldn't give it up even in death. And uh, so that's what I'm hoping will be transferred to you all this morning. But... <laughs> uh, it's the blood of the Lamb which we've already really given um, some time to be and, and significance to consider. And uh, the reality is that that blood is ongoingly speaking a better word than the curse. It's ongoingly as tangibly potent as it ever has been. It is, uh, and it is right now. And so the word of our testimony is really the testimony of that word, that Jesus, that blood. Um, and what happens out of that is there's a courage that emerges that people are willing to give their lives, even if it's physical. And, uh, you know, when you've had a revelation like that, then some things that might be dangerous or might seem sketchy, if it's God, we feel safe. And so I just pray for, for that this morning. So I'd love to introduce you to Gary and to Guy. Um, Gary Besadnotes and Guy Johnson, uh, they are representing Malaz, uh, and I'd love to just hear, guys, um, Gary, talk to us a little bit about Malaz. When did it start? What was the vibe of it? And when did God get involved? Um, Malaz Customs is a custom shop which used to be in Davenport, then moved to uh, Windermere and is now in town. We started off uh, Malaz Customs as a just a normal bike shop, repairing bikes and cars, and trying to live this rock star life that comes with it of partying, riding cool cars, muscle cars, bikes and things. Uh, that went on for about eight years and then I had a radical encounter with the Lord and it changed completely to a sort of still custom shop but a front for uh, Jesus and changing men's lives. So we're a bike shop uh, and in that we have a hidden ministry which is changing men's lives around Durban. Epic. We're going to hear more about that in a minute. Guy, you run a business. Um, it's Johnson Skips. Tell us a bit about that and how does it relate? What's your role in Malays? Yeah, so, you know, myself and Gary, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, almost the same amount of time that Malays has been. Sorry, I'm actually so nervous. My heart's racing. You can hear it in my voice. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've known each other for a long time. Um, we've partied. We've had many late nights. Um, back in the day, we actually wanted to work for you, or I wanted to work for, for Gary, and Bernie just said straight out, no ways. There's no ways that you two are going to start working together the way you party together. No work will be done. So life went on, um, you know, we go, everybody goes their separate ways, and, um, you know, I started a company called Johnson's Miniskips, and that's been going for five years, 
and eventually moved away from having to do all the driving. So I found myself just kept going, visiting the guys at Malaz, seeing what it was all about. Um, and I just eventually, it became the normal thing to be there. Eight o'clock was, I was there. Sometimes I was there before the guys. Um, and we started doing a little bit of men's group and stuff. And yeah, before you know it, we, we have a shop in, in, in town that we're both running together. We run Johnson's Mini Skips through there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just amazing how God has brought us together in the right time. So he had a plan for us. Obviously, at that time, Mother Hen there, Bernie, was, knew it wasn't the right time. And obviously, God didn't have a plan for us then. But now, yeah, we do everything through Malaz and Johnson's Mini Skips um, together. Um, and the nice thing of it is that we're doing it the right way um, and sober. So no more parties and stuff, more just trying to, to follow what God's plan is for us. So it's Johnson's Mini Skips is, is a business, that's it. But Malaz is more of a leadership and, and, you know, we've come together and that's our goal, basically. Epic. So I like that you've raised that it's a business. Um, you know, we're on a series where it's called Salt and Light and it's, you know, walking with Jesus, um, going with Jesus. And I'd love to know just how you guys feel about what business does in terms of creating opportunity for going with Jesus? Um, so, yeah, our business is fixing bikes and creating cool projects and stuff. Uh, Guy always, as we were drawing together and, and hanging out and things, always wanted a custom bike from us. Um, he could never sort of afford a toy like that. His business started doing very well, hanging out there. Guy started, I'd say, nearly, nearly two years now with Malaz, and... Uh, I don't know if his wife is here, knows how many bikes he collected over that, uh, sold and bought and built and, and things. But um, through our bike business and putting God first in everything that we do, a guy got drawn in there and um, picked up what Malaz is all about and took the baton and ran with it quite hard. So we use our business every day to minister to people, to talk to people. We're unashamed to let people know that we, we're Christian men in our language, in our way we talk to our staff, in the way we talk to each other. Um, the way we conduct ourselves, and uh, yeah, we want people to know when they walk out there that we are definitely in God's army, and we're proud of it. Um, it's funny, in the last two years, every single person that's come into the door and bought a bike from us is connected to us in a very strong way through the bikes and the community, and um, slowly, they're also getting, getting saved and, and becoming very, very uh, strong believers as well, filled with faith and, and serving the Lord. I'd love to hear, Guy, your perspective of that sort of, you came to a business, but now you're part of something different. Yeah, um, I think it just kind of just happened. So, you know, God had a plan for us to come together again after the years and, and at the right time. And yeah, it, it is a business and we talk about it like we have more meetings every single morning, myself and Gary in my office and we chat and, you know, as much as, as it is about the money, it's, it's more about the lifestyle and what we are doing for people. Um, you know, there's a few people that are in my 
kind of little clique. Each, each one of us, myself, Gary, Malcolm, all of us have certain people that they come to for guidance. You know, by all means, I don't even know half the things. You guys know more than I do, but, you know, it's where I am on my path with God um, is that where they see me. I think to myself, sorry, I think to myself, Gary will talk to me and I say, I don't know what you know. I don't know these things. I, I feel like I'm so far behind. But you've got all these people following you. You know, I've got a handful of guys that phone me continuously that they don't even know that they don't go drinking during the week anymore. They don't drink as much as they do. They've stopped smoking. They've stopped all these little things. And they keep coming to the shop to buy a cup of coffee. Um, to get a part for the bike or to get a bike fixed. Um, you know, so it's just amazing what the business of Malaz does and, and we don't even see it sometimes because it's just, I, I can't even explain it half the time, but to know that I'm doing something to help somebody else is amazing. Um, and if we can keep doing that on a daily basis and sometimes make a profit from it, then that's always something good, you know? Yeah. Gary, from your perspective, um, at what point did you realize that God was calling you to be disciple-making in this way? Um, I'd say two years into to being saved. Um, prior to that, I used to come to the church. I used to sit in the back there, come to church, sort of buzz on, uh, repent for what I used, was doing in the week and stuff, and then go back out and do it again. And... Um, I had a couple of guys stop me in that time and, and give me very, very strong words. And at that time, I really didn't understand what they were saying, but it was the same thing over and over again. And um, when I used to come to church, I used to just ask God to please use me, encounter me, and uh, use me for whatever. If you want, I'm here to be used. And uh, yeah, that was a, something I used to just throw around a bit when I was here, and uh, God answered the call. And um, yeah, I just feel that we, we ask God to, to do things for us, and then he, he puts these uh, opportunities in front of us, and we then shy away from them all the time. So I knew it for a very, very long time that God wanted to use me. I uh, just didn't know how, and um, now just making myself available, and yeah, the last three years has just been crazy to see those words and those, those prophecies sort of lining up now and things, and it's just making myself available Whenever it is, if, if God's put something in my heart, I feel it in my spirit and stuff, is to right there and then stop what I'm doing and go and do what God's called us to do. I love it. So for those who don't know, what do you guys do from a discipleship point of view? Um, how do you view that? So, yeah, it's just leading by example. Um, like I was talking now, he doesn't, the guys that are following and, and chatting to him and, and asking him randomly out of the blue, hey, guy, I think I'm drinking a bit too much. What did you do? How did you, you work this? And the guy just being vulnerable and leading by example and saying, bro, I just stopped. I just did this. I surrounded myself with people that are on this path with me uh, that I can be accountable for, telling them, listen, I think I've got a, a problem. Watch me. And uh, you're just surrounding yourself with some people like that. And then also just being accountable for it when you are doing it to if you are feeling down and you're feeling like you want to slip back and stuff, is having those brothers around you to go and say, listen, this is where I'm at, pray for me. And uh, yeah, being bold in doing it as well. I mean, guys, very, very outspoken. Um, there's a couple other guys that uh, have stopped drinking, like he says. They put a six-month A 
can't believe it, six months sober, how do I get you, celebrating it, and a couple of guys will be like, oh, bro, go celebrate with a beer, um, meet you at the pub, and things like that, and guys, the first one, like, two comments down to say, dude, I'm so proud of you, well done, keep it up, I'm praying for you, hang in there, it's going to be, it's going to get easier, and things like that, he, he, he backs up, he doesn't just, like, look at it and, and, and do it, if he's got a feeling on his heart, he does it, and, uh, Leading by example, we've got a, a friend of ours, Dean, who started working for us now as well. He's been there for two months. Um, we went out to go and do some, some promoting and, and have a meeting. And the way back, I had a feeling to go and pray for a friend of ours who's in church. We go to his house and pray for him. He's um, pretty ill at the moment and just felt that God wanted us to go pray for him. And um, it's in those times when you feel God asking you to do something is to go and do it. So we literally went around the other way down from Pinetown, stopped at his gate. He was outside in the driveway. Didn't know we were coming. Um, I had my phone stolen, so I couldn't phone him. And uh, he was there. He was like, his spirit like, was all excited that he saw us. And he's like, hey, I can't believe you guys are here. I've been pacing up inside the driveway asking for the Holy Spirit to fill me again. I feel like the Holy Spirit's left me. I feel alone. And just a whole other stuff. We're like, no, we had to pray for you. We, we don't have a lot of time. We just want to quickly come and pray with you. Invites us into his house. Uh, Dean has been with us for two months. He knows we are. Um, he's also a Christian. Got a nice story as well behind him. But God's just drawing him back in, and, and he's with me just in this time. He's, like, wondering why are we at this Bali's house in Ambilo? What are we doing here? I say, we're just going to pray for him quickly, and then we're going to go back to work. So we go inside. We get to pray with him. And um, all of a sudden, this old man just starts praying for us. And it's crazy, crazy. He's, he asked Dean about four or five times what his name was, and then just started praying in tongues and just started prophesying and praying into his life and stuff. And, oh, we were rocked in that house. And... Um, both of us, super emotional, get back in the car. It was a really, really special time. Um, we're driving back, and Dean's like, you need to pull over the car. And he, he pulls out his phone, and he plays a voice note that he's had from eight years ago. And it exactly, exactly to the word what this guy was prophesying to Dean. And he'd been praying that the last six months for God to answer some of these questions that, that he had, was holding on to the promises of God. And this old man just nailed it every single word for word. So we got to encourage him later by phoning him back and saying, listen, you haven't lost it. The Holy Spirit is definitely inside you. You're listening to God's voice super clearly, and we got rocked, and so did he. So it's in that time, God's telling you to pray for someone to go somewhere, to do something. The Holy Spirit is, is leading you to go and do it, and don't put it off. Go do it. If you're going to say that you're going to pray for someone, someone's sick, and oh, I'll pray for you, pray for them right there. Something's going to happen in that time. They might not get healed or something, but God's doing something, and um. Who knows, it could be, you see someone in a wheelchair and you're like, oh, imagine praying for them and they can get up. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, go there, pray for them, and let's see a miracle happen. And it's like, we shouldn't even be thinking about it. We should just step into action and go and do it. It should be our first response is just, as we hear the Spirit talking to us, it's just to go jump in. Have you got any insights as to why people might not want to do that or, or why it's difficult? I think the number one thing is fear, not wanting to be ridiculed or stand out or look like an oddball or anything like that. But Christian actually said it the other day. It's that 30 seconds when you get in there and the, you step in and the Holy Spirit just takes over. And you could honestly not give two hoots about what anybody thinks of you once the Holy Spirit takes over and you're there. I mean, we've had instances inside a spa where we've literally been bawling our eyes out, a guy in a wheelchair crying. He didn't get saved and stuff, but yo, we're hugging each other. It's not Tantrana and people in the tomato and vegetable sections just like who are these those and what are they doing and it's like i'm walking out like this is great and jesus you're amazing and yeah it's something happens maybe not for them but maybe someone around them to see something it's planting seeds wherever we go 
Okay, so what we've heard is that there's an organic openness to whatever God wants you to do, and you do it, so there's action. Um, what about the support process? I know you guys have got certain meetings. Tuesday mornings, is it? Okay, well, tell us about that. Yeah, so, so we... Well, Gary's been running the Tuesday morning um, prayer meetings, men's meetings for some time. Um, I remember my first one, going there, Gary saying to me, come through to, on a Tuesday morning and um, come and hang out with like-minded men and have a cup of coffee. Um, it's so important because people, like we said, it, it's fear. People, people don't want to come to church because of what it might say or do. They feel afraid. They don't want to, oh, no, I can't go to church because I got drunk last night. So, okay, for now, don't come to church, but come to our men's meeting. Come in on a Tuesday morning. Come and sit with us and just chat. If you don't feel like talking, don't talk. Just sit and listen. And for me to be standing up here today is probably one of the biggest things in my life because those men's meetings... <laughs> I sat there probably for a year, quiet, and I could never talk, and I could never say anything because I was scared of what to say. I was scared I was going to say the wrong thing, and I was going to be judged. And I think your, your walk with, with Jesus is that you must never fear. So, so yeah, we run a men's group every Tuesday morning, um, cup of coffee, come and chat, if there's any problems, you can always chat to us afterwards. We chat to the guys. We pray with them. Um, and then it's not just Tuesdays. You know, we, we got Malaz all because of God. Um, the, the new shop that we're in now. Um, so myself and Gary, I had many Johnson's miniscripts. Gary had Malaz. We're having a bit of trouble at the old shop. And we decided, let's get a bigger space. And it was all because of God. There was no ways that we got the place that we got any other way. Um, for the price that we got it, we said to him, this is what we've got. And the guy was like, I just love what you, you guys are all about. I love what you want to do. And, and now what we do is our doors are open 24-7, literally, um, for people to come and just sit with us, talk with us. That's my heart rate, eh? It's telling me that it's abnormal. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Malaz is, is not just a company. We, we do much more than that. People can come at us anytime, um, not just a Tuesday morning, not just men. Um, you know, Gary runs the youth as well. And the other day, actually, we, we used to do a thing at um, George Campbell, like just after COVID, where we'd go there on a Friday and we'd pray for, for the students there and for them and for the building and stuff. And... Um, Funny enough, one of the old boys, what's his name? Caleb. Caleb. He just popped in two Fridays ago to come and say, how's it? Uh, had a monster with us, a monster with us, and, you know, that's the kind of joy that we get because we can see that what we're doing is something. People come in, they don't even know why they're coming in. Middle of the day, and they're there. They're there for a cup of coffee, and they're there to talk about how bad their day was. But... They leave there, and the Holy Spirit has filled them. They don't even know. I've got a guy that, he's, I can't say he's been lost, but he contacts me on a regular basis, and the, the dramatic change that I've seen in his life, just 
with me being who I am, it's changed his life. And, and if we can do that anywhere, you know, it's not just about being in a church. It's not just about coming here and praising and worshiping and listening to somebody. You've got to be doing it 24-7. You can do it in the road. You can do it in your car. Help somebody. Um, and that's what I think we, we do. And, yeah, it's just, it's just a good feeling. And it's an amazing thing that it, – it's amazing to be part of something like that. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Gary, um, could you just tell us your exact formula – so that we can all just follow it and then, you know, get the same kind of results. Um, you get a feeling, close your eyes, you say, God, please help me, your will, not mine, and you step forward and you go and do it. I think, I think if we, myself and Guy, should not be here. The stuff that, that we used to get up to and the crazy nonsense that we used to get up to, would ne you'd never say we were sitting here. You'd never say that I'd be here on a Friday night hanging out with the youth, leading them, things like that. But God can use anybody, anywhere. You just have to be willing to do it. Put up your hand and step forward. And I, I see such amazing things that God does every day. And it's just to, we only do this to glorify Him. I mean, every time I see the youth kids come in here on a, Saturday, on a Friday night, I get pumped. I see them coming in on, on a on a Sunday morning, and I got two kids from the inner city at uh, Clinton and Taco, TK. Um, every time I see them, they, they've, they're just doing what Jesus wants them to do. They come in here every week. They've got a new face with them. They're telling people, guys, there's Jesus. There's an awesome thing for you. Come in. And every time I see them walk in, I cannot help but just get overwhelmed with emotion and just like so excited to see that, that these two boys, and I want to honor them. They're, they're amazing. They don't even know that they're doing it. They're just doing it. It's, you guys, you make me super proud, eh? And, um, yeah, just putting your hand up and saying, God, use me. And then letting him use you. Don't shy away from it when he comes and says, okay, I want you to do that. Do it. You've asked for it. Go and do it. Do you have to be perfect before you can obey God? Absolutely not. So I've been reminded of a scripture that I think you guys just live without even knowing it. And it's from Acts 2. And it says this, um, verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all who had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Feels like this is a picture of that. And um, I just wonder, you know, this idea of daily uh, meeting in homes, daily sharing meals, daily providing. Um, can you tell us a couple of testimonies around that, some successes, some things God's done, some miracles maybe that you've seen? While you're thinking about that, who of you meets in a home other than your own? 
sometime during the week. If you do, please stand. Monday. Who meets on a, in another person's home on a Monday? Stand up. There you go. Mike, part of my home group. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Stay standing. Okay, Mondays. Tuesdays. If you meet in someone else's home around the kingdom, Tuesdays. Okay, we see these, some things happening here. What about Wednesdays? If you meet in somebody's, and it could be a prayer meeting, it could be a ministry meeting, it could be a fellowship. Okay, Wednesdays, I love that. What about Thursdays? Okay, all right. Fridays, maybe youth can also count as well. Fridays, stand up if you meet in others' homes. You have fellowship, you break bread. What about a Saturday? Is there, is there a meeting that you have rugby can count as long as you bring Jesus into it, right? Okay. Sundays? All right. Well, I guess the church is a home, right? Yes. Okay. The park, of course. Saturdays. There you go. So what am I illustrating here? It's not that maybe every single person meets in other homes every single day. It's the life of discipleship, the life of your home, of living together, being together. And you guys model that. Now, you literally do live where you work as well, right? Okay, thank you. You may sit. You may sit. So tell us about some of the things God's doing in that like lifestyle that's just sort of blending life. Okay, so there's this guy that we know. Guy's uh, spending a lot more time than, than I am with him. Uh, very big, influential guy in the, in the motorcycle uh, fraternity. Got lots and lots of lots of friends, if you want to call it that. Guys who know this guy because they, he's a good mechanic. He's a good bike setter. He's a really, he's always there for them to, to get something from. And uh, hanging out with us, guys been inviting him more and more. I've known him for a very long time as well. I've partied with him. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very cool friend. But he's always had this, like, people want something from him all the time. They want to be his mate because he can give them something. He's been invited to our shop all the time, and he gets there with his van, and he's always ready to do something. And it's, he's got to this, he's not so awkward now about it, but he gets in, he always wants to do something. He doesn't know why he's there while we phoned him. He's like, okay, well, like, no, there's nothing broken. There's nothing wrong. We don't need your help. We don't need you to help you fix a bike. There's, we just want to hang out with you. Like, come have a coffee with us and just hang out. And um, he's obviously seen me not drinking, now seeing Guy, seen the rest of the shop not drinking, and he can drink as well. He is a tank, eh? And um, he's on our Let's Ride group and all this stuff. He's um, so once sent a message, wasn't supposed to be on their phone first, and, like, apologized for, like, three weeks that he sent it. And um, his language is changing, all this stuff. So... The one night he was drinking quite heavily, he's gone through quite a lot of stuff in his past, and um, he accidentally phoned the Let's Ride group on a conference call, and um, he, I don't know if it was accidentally, I think it was a God's divine intervention, phoned us, we all answered, well, a couple of us answered on that group, and he was wanting to take his life. He was super drunk in his garage, and he was, he was crying, his wife was in the background, um, he, was, he was at the end, and he had enough, and uh, we phoned him back, all of us at the same time again, and we talked, we spoke it through with him, 
a couple of us were speaking on the side of that group, jumped into action, we raced there to his house. While he was still on the call, we at his driveway, we drove up, and um, yeah, we got we got real with him. We we didn't beat around the bush. We we spoke Jesus to him. It was yeah, it was crazy. We got to share the story of Saul and Paul with him. Um, we got to he gave us the gun. We we confiscated his gats. Uh, we got to pray with him. We got to cry with him. We got to tell him that that Jesus loves him for who he is, no matter what he's done, and um, he's done some crazy stuff in his life. And uh, we got to walk that through with him. He, from that day, has stopped drinking. Uh, not because of anything else. He's just trying to avoid where he was. But I do believe that that man is going to be sitting in this church and sharing at one stage in his life as well. And it's, it's crazy to see, to see that. And, and for us, just inviting him, guys spending a lot of time there. Guy goes there and they're washing bikes together. And he's a, he's a difficult nut to crack. Guy sits there on a bucket, and they go, and he cucks guy out, and he's, you can't do him this way, doing that way. But guy's just sucking it up and, and loving on him, and loving on him, loving on him. And that's it in action. It's just loving people and, uh, and caring for them. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. Did you guys feel, did you guys feel the anointing shift while he was telling that story? Um, just an overwhelming sense of love in, in my heart just welled up suddenly. Um, Gary, what would your heart and desire and cry be for Glenridge? To be so filled with God's love that where we walk, it literally looks like oil-stained patches over Durban because... When you are filled with the love of God, there's nothing else you can do but want that for the person in front of you, is to experience how much God loves us, to change every situation, whether it be family, someone you're praying for, your marriage, uh, stuff you've done in your past. Jesus loves us a lot, and it, it shows in, in my life every day. I mean, I wasn't a nice guy, very, and uh, Jesus died for me. He gave his life, and uh, I owe him mine. Guy, um, if, do people have to grow a beard, <laughs> wear a trucker cap, buy a bike, in order to count for Jesus? No, not at all. Um <laughs> You've got to just be you. Um, no matter who you are, what color, um, what age, just be you. Um, I think, you know, I was reading some things this morning. Just pray and God will show up. Um, you know, Romans 10 in a short version. All, all who could open, or, see, I can't even read. All who call upon the Lord shall be saved. You know, it's, it's got nothing to do with who you are. And, What's so amazing about us is because we've got beards and tattoos and we wear cool caps and stuff like that, but people don't, sometimes they judge you. They judge you for who you are, but once they get to know who you really are, they see the true value of that person. So, you know, no matter who it is, if somebody's in need, be there to help them. 
You know, people come past Malaz all the time, and you can't judge those people. We've got drug addicts that sleep on our step, um, and people that are just wanting help. You know, and just never turn your back on that, because I think each and every one of us have sometime, somewhere been there, whether it be drug addiction, alcohol, whatever it be, depression, suicide, you know, the Lord is there, and the people that are all here today need to know that, and need to just help one another. Don't let that person go. If you can see something's wrong, help him. Don't just push him to the side. And I think in our old days, we did a lot of that. And a lot of people still do that. And you've got to just realize that that person's in need as much as you were when you needed help. Some people didn't get that help, so they have this anger. And they just, I'm not going to help that person. No one helped me. You can't be like that. God helps you anytime, anywhere, when you just close your eyes and you pray. And you've got to just help that person. So whoever you are, whatever you are, you, you're a son of God. And he wants you to do something, do it. It's like I was saying, it's just be yourself. Be the person that God created you to be. I'm, I spent most of my life trying to be someone I wasn't, fighting being, uh, when I started training, I was 62 kgs. I trained up to 130-something kgs. I was trying so hard to be something that the world wanted me to be. Um, be it a jock, be it the oak who could drink the most of the party, the person they feared the most who could fight the best, over like that. And that was, that is the furthest that God created me actually to be. I'm, I'm actually a big, soft, loving teddy bear. Um, in those times, they, they nicknamed me Teddy. Um, yeah, it's, it's just stop trying to be someone that you're not. It's just be yourself. Um, the biggest thing about speaking up on stage and stuff is that I didn't want people to see an emotional person up there and stuff. And every time God moves in my life or the Holy Spirit makes something, I'm a, a little crybaby. And I'm so okay with it now. It's, yeah, it's who God made me to be. And when people see the real you, that's when they see Jesus. Because we reflect what he, he is. So be you. And don't worry about what anybody else thinks. God's made you to be completely different to everyone else, to stand out. Don't try and be like the person next to you. It's wonderful. So I just feel like there might be people here that are hungry and thirsty for this kind of natural, effective, miraculous sort of flow in their lives. And I'd love us all, if it's okay, as we sort of bring this to a close, please could you stand and uh, let's just allow God to solidify, and we can as well, guys, just to solidify what he's been speaking in your heart, what he's been saying to you. Um, and I do want to say, if anyone is feeling like they want what these guys are talking about, if they want uh, you know, that fear to be gone. Uh, if they want their life to flow the love of God. If that's you, and you're just wanting God to touch you, won't you just let us know so that we can, and maybe even come forward, I think, because I'd love you guys to actually get a chance to pray. So if you'd like to get something of what these Malaz guys have been talking about, um, why don't you just come up? And um, I believe that God does do something in 
the laying on of hands, there is a transfer. There is a sense that God uses moments like these. So if that's you, please come up. I can see a few peeps. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much.